Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Would the news wheel keep on spinning so fast because I can't keep up with it? Because, uh, let's see, last night uh, you saw the very disappointing season opener for the Buffalo Bills and for Josh Allen, and uh, it was not exactly impressive. Uh, those of you who watched the game, those of you who didn't watch the game are should be pretty well aware of what happened. Um, it was uh, it was ugly, and I'll simply say I bet Patrick Mahomes would have won that game, but that's me. That's me. Uh, but more seriously, I think, than one football game is you have uh, allegations that have been made against, and keep in mind, allegations are allegations, and I feel as though we've been down this road many a time together before, my loves, but uh, Terry Pagula, has been named in a federal discrimination lawsuit. Uh, WBEN.com, Buffalo Bills and Sabres owner Terry Pagula vehemently denies making a racist statement attributed to him in a lawsuit filed by a former NFL.com columnist, Jim Trotter, whose contract was recently allowed to expire with NFL media. Court documents say Trotter claimed Pagula while discussing the Black Lives Matter movement, said, quote, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it is. End of quote. Trotter also claims Pagula suggested the NFL hire a black spokesperson to address the league's image in the midst of the Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem. For us to have a face as an African-American, at least a face that could be in the media, we could fall in behind that, Trotter claims Pagula stated during a 2016 NFL owners meeting. Uh, What exactly did Terry Pagula say, and where is the evidence to back up the allegations against him? Well, I don't know, but if these statements were made in front of multiple witnesses, corroboration should not be hard to obtain. I have uh, had the chance to meet Terry Pagula on uh, one occasion. You might remember he, uh, after he bought uh, one of the teams, he was in studio with us. And I will tell you that uh, Terry Pagula is very much a born-again Christian. And I know that uh, born the term born-again Christian, for some of you, you know, you immediately have either it's like one of two reactions you either have your heart starts to pound with love or you're 
anger starts to boil over with some kind of a hate that I don't understand. But Terry Pagula is a born-again Christian, and it is very hard for me to imagine Terry Pagula or any born-again Christian um, saying racist things, especially in a public setting, knowing that there is no such thing as a private setting when you are Terry Pagula. So I don't know what to make of these allegations. And I'm not trying to my black brothers and sisters listening what I don't want to do. I don't want to project the image of, well, Bowerly's a mostly white guy, so of course he's going to fall in line behind the white guy. Uh, No, no. What I fall in line behind is the evidence. What evidence is there? And if there is sufficient evidence to prove Uh, a preponderance of evidence that shows he did it, then we're going to have to take it from there. But until now, all we have are allegations. And I would remind you that uh, I also, uh, I said the same thing about uh, a number of people. Darius Pridgen, um, when allegations were made about him, what did I say? Matt Ariza, when allegations were made against him, what did I say? And you can never go wrong in a situation like this, whether it is something involving alleged sexual impropriety or something alleging um, horribly racist statements. Let's all wait until the evidence comes through. Let's see what proof there is. And then if there is sufficient proof, then we we take it from there. Um, Personally, and look, maybe this is very flimsy uh, reasoning, and I apologize if it is, but... Um, Terry Pagula, when I interviewed him um, in studio, um, I remember we spent a lot of time both on the air and off the air talking about Christianity and Christ. And Terry is, as I mentioned, very much of a born-again Christian. And um, I talked to him, I think it was on the air, about a book uh, by Jim Bishop, The Day Jesus Died. And I got him a copy of it because, to me, that book is almost like, it's not scripture, but it is good ancillary reading to the New Testament, which puts a lot of what the New Testament has to say in a historical perspective. Um, So I have a very hard time believing that there is any hatred in Terry Pagula's heart. And I I really believe that, not to mention the fact that, Uh, that his wife is not Caucasian, his daughters are uh, not Caucasian. I mean, we're talking about somebody who is married to somebody of a different race, whose own children are of a different race than is he. So what to make of all of this? I, again, I am not going to, I'm not going to um, rush to judgment one way or the other about what Terry Pagula said or did not say. I think the best thing that all of us can do is wait until the evidence comes out. What is there to prove these allegations? Is there anything to prove these allegations? And if there is, well, then you take it from there. And um, for Terry Pagula to basically, well, not basically, but for Terry Pagula to deny completely the statements attributed to him, um, he would know he's a smart guy, smarter than we'll ever be, right? Richer than we'll ever be. But uh, for him to categorically deny everything attributed to him 
I find that interesting because we do live in an age where everything is recorded, where everybody's got a cell phone out, where you have no idea whether you're being recorded or not. So I don't look, guys and ladies, I don't know. And the one thing there, there's a couple of things that I don't want. Number one, just like the Matt Ariza case, just like the Darius prison uh, 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 prison situation, I don't want people to a jump to a conclusion based on an allegation. We've seen too many times with other situations where allegations, which got a whole bunch of headlines at first, proved to be unfounded. For example, Matt Ariza. For example, the Reverend Darius Pridgen. And you will find, if you were to go back and listen to the tapes of those shows after those incidents took place, you will find I took the exact same approach. So the fact that Terry Pagula is a Caucasian multi-billionaire has absolutely no effect whatsoever on my opinion or the way I'm going to handle this particular story. Um, It's a very serious allegation. My question is, where is the proof Where is the proof? And if there is proof, then where do we go from there? I mean, this could have a very catastrophic ending for Terry Pagula as NFL and NHL owner. It's a very serious allegation. These kinds of allegations, if proven uh, to be factual, can absolutely destroy somebody uh, in both leagues. And I just, I, I, you know what? The other thing I don't want to project uh, to my black brothers and sisters, I do not want to project the image that, oh, yeah, we've, you know, we've got one white guy who's sticking up for another white guy. That's the last thing I want to do is project that kind of an image because I'm sorry, but uh, over the past 20 or so years, um, I think that this radio station and I think myself personally, I think we've made great strides against that. Uh, I really do, and I'm always honored to find out uh, that somebody is a black brother or sister who listens to this show, who has respect for me, who understands where my heart is and from where I am coming. It means too much for me to just throw it away to have a knee-jerk reaction saying, there is absolutely no way Terry Pagula could have said it. Look, all I'm saying is, I'm going to wait until the evidence is out. I'm going to wait until there is additional information before I jump to any conclusion whatsoever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The nature of these charges is so serious that those charges require proof. Um, In a civil situation, it's a preponderance of evidence. In a criminal situation, which this is not, it is uh, guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And the onus is always on the person making the allegation. In a criminal situation, it's not up to the defendant to prove that he or she is innocent. No, the burden of proof in our system of justice is on the state or the prosecutors to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in a criminal situation that the individual is guilty. And in a civil situation, uh, a preponderance of evidence, 51%, does 51% of the evidence tend to support the allegations or not? And it really is that simple. If anything in the law can be simple, I mean, that would be it. And I just urge everybody, no matter what you look like, no matter how you feel about Terry Pagula or the Bills or the Sabres or anything like that, 
I would urge everybody to use the same kind of caution you would want used on you if you were ever accused of saying something racist uh, or uh, having committed some. And, and Terry Pagula, this is not the situation with Terry Pagula, but it certainly has been with others who have been accused of some kind of sexual impropriety. Okay, um, serious charges, but serious charges also require real concrete evidence and i don't have any of that i don't know that anybody does maybe the plaintiff does but i don't know i have no idea what he has so it's gonna it's one of these things that has got to be taken day by day minute by minute and you can never go wrong my dear friends of whatever hue your skin happens to be you can never go wrong by waiting for all of the facts to come out And at the risk of repeating myself, which I tend to do sometimes, uh, please keep that in mind, I don't want to jump to any conclusion and automatically assume that the seriousness of an allegation means there must be guilt attached, there must must be some kind of uh, exposure here, there must be some kind of liability attached. But on the other hand, I also don't want to be Uh, seen as a mostly white guy defending another white guy. Um, And you know what? We got to leave race at the door. We got to leave our preconceived notions at the door. And we simply have to focus on what evidence is available one way or the other. And again, I don't think you can ever go wrong with that. And you know, if you've listened to the show, This is how I handle every single case that comes up involving such a serious charge, a serious allegation as uh, that of either racism or sexual assault, okay? I'm just saying, without saying somebody is not responsible or somebody is responsible, all I'm saying is let the evidence play itself out let the legal system work itself out. But obviously, if these things that Mr. Pagula allegedly said can, in fact, be proven, um, Terry Pagula has a problem. And on the other hand, conversely, if there is no evidence and nobody steps forward to corroborate, well, then the problem shifts to the person making the allegation. Why would you say such a thing about such a uh, noteworthy human being? So I hope I've explained myself and my position on that uh, adequately. I'm just trying to be fair without being biased, without being prejudiced. I'm just trying to be fair, trying to view it from as many different perspectives as I possibly can. And what it all comes down to for me at the end of the day is what can be proven and what is the evidence. And then where do we go from there, one way or the other, whether there is uh, the civil version of exculpation or whether there is the civil version of, yep, he said it, uh, let's wait, shall we, until the facts are all heard and the proper people have had a chance to review the allegations and any corroboration and just do it that way. I don't think you can ever go wrong in a situation like that. Um and again, I hope you guys don't think that I'm being uh, noodle-spined on this. But, you know, I think we all have seen in our lifetimes many occasions where people have faced allegations 
that proved to be not true. Um, and I will tell you that sometimes, as shocking as this might be, and I know this from personal experience, sometimes media outlets don't always get stuff right, or they can phrase things in a way to put a spin on a story without overtly putting a spin on a story uh, by virtue of some of the uh, words that are used or phrases that are used, etc. So uh, I, I, I don't, you know, part of me says, well, we should talk about this today. But the other part of me says, well, maybe if I do that, I'm going to be violating my own little rule against waiting until facts come out. Because all I know right now is what I read at WBEN.com and the other websites uh, I have perused since these uh, allegations became uh, public. Now, one thing I do know is uh, the Buffalo Pills did not look very good last night. Josh Allen did not look good at all last night. Uh, The team appeared to be very discombobulated, and it was not exactly a wonderfully auspicious beginning to uh, the season for the Buffalo Bills. And... uh, it, uh, am, I, am I concerned? Well, for those of you who thought this is the year, because it's always going to be this is the year. For those of you who thought this was going to be the year, the Bills go to the Super Bowl and win the big game, um, that's why we have a season to be played. Now, they might, turn things, they might turn things around and go unbeaten the rest of the year. Statistically, not likely, but it's a possibility. It could happen, right? So uh, again, so many, th- so many things going on, and I just I feel bad for everybody who um, bases most of their lives around the Buffalo Bills and football to have a situation like last night unfold, and it was just plain ugly. Is uh, extremely unfortunate to uh, to say the least. Anyway, is it already that time? Where where do these shows go? I know. Well, Tom, maybe if you'd shut up, they wouldn't go so fast. Point well taken, and I accept the criticism. But uh, coming up on the show, I want to pick up on something that we did late last week, and I I think it is an awesome, awesome topic. And you guys last week thought it was an awesome, awesome topic. And I alluded to it yesterday on the show without really exploring it as a topic. But uh, we're going to get into something I think you are going to like that actually has some societal benefits. A uh, news radio, what? <laughs> kind of like a low sodium diet. A uh, news radio 930 WBEN. The phone number as we uh, plunge along here is 803 0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1 800 616 WBEN. Mr. Tanner Saunders is behind the glass. He is the one who makes the magic happen. And his debut performance yesterday was absolutely flawless. It was without any spoilage whatsoever. So there's only one place for Tanner to go from here, and and that is downhill. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Tanner, you never want to peak too early, my friend. I'm just, just putting the word out there to you, buddy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Oh, good timing there, Tanner. Good timing. Uh, it's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tanner, did you uh, have a chance to uh, watch the uh, football game last night? I know you're a busy young man with uh, lots of things going on in your life, but. Unfortunately, yes, that uh, disgrace of a game did grace my eyes. I watched it right here in studio. Uh, how many times did profanity escape your lips during the uh, course of the game? Oh, more than I can keep track of. <laughs> you really want to admit that? It was, I mean, I'm with uh, every other Bills fan. That was it was bad, especially against a team that lost their Hall of Fame quarterback four snaps in that they thought was the uh-huh. missing piece to lose that. That's brutal. Uh-huh. So uh, just out of curiosity, what do you think the problem was last night? I mean, other than Josh Allen, what was the problem? Um, well, we couldn't stop the run. You look at, I mean, one of the Jets running backs, Brees Hall, had 109 yards on only two carries at one point in the game. So uh, that was a big issue. And uh, protection for Josh Allen, the offensive line was not great. I mean, he was running for his life out there. Yeah. Yeah. So is the season over? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, you know, if there was ever a time to have a dud like that, it's game one, week one, but uh, definitely got to correct our mistakes and correct them fast. Well, you didn't make any mistakes. They did. You weren't playing. I'm just speaking on uh, on their behalf. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you're now the authorized spokesman? Is that it? I'm the authorized uh, spokesperson <laughs> here at WBEN, at least. <laughs> I'm just having fun with you, Tanner. You You understand that, right? Oh, yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'm not, I'm not being passive-aggressive with you, my friend. I would never do such a thing. Me? Moi? Pretentious? Moi? Um, but you sound like a guy who's kind of heartbroken by what he saw last night on TV. Yeah, it was uh, a little rough, but I try not to let the, the bills affect my mood too much. So I'll go home and sulk after the game, but today, new day, fresh slate, we're good. Good. I'm happy to hear that because I need your full undivided here as the program moves along. And I'm happy that I have that. I wanted to give you the opportunity to uh, be a sports commentator. You enjoy sports, right? I do very much so. Now, uh, you know, we we have a relationship just like I do. I always say that uh, a talk radio host has a relationship with uh, the people who listen to the program. Um, You and I also have a relationship. So it is important to know, are you a football guy, a hockey guy, or both? Both. Okay, equally. No, I would lean towards football. I wasn't a hockey fan until I moved to Buffalo, which was about fall of 2021. So I'm trying to catch my hockey knowledge up to my football. Oh, that's okay. There's a lot of good old stuff online on YouTube. Check out some of the old hockey fights on the hockeyfights.com website. That's the best part of hockey, right? Oh, yes. I've seen a a fair share of uh, Rob Ray's scraps from back in the day, so I'm starting to get (laughs) caught up there. Okay, and I I think I uh, asked Josh this a long time ago before he turned tail and ran on us down at the sports station, but how many times on an annual basis do you watch the infamous Sabres versus Ottawa Senators game? 
Mm, um, well, I guess I'll have to make that an annual tradition now. I don't think oh, I know as if I've ever done it before. Two to three times a year when I need something to cheer me up, when I need something to make me smile, I'll go back and I'll watch uh, RJ and the gang uh, and their commentary on the Sabres-Ottawa game. And uh, it was a very, very ugly, ugly situation. Drury hitting the ice, blood everywhere. And then, of course, Lindy Ruff made the decision to put certain personnel out there against Ottawa's certain personnel. And uh, there was a great deal of uh, going back and forth between the coaches and Rob Ray, who can more than handle himself. He was basically caught in the middle of, of the two coaches, uh, Lindy Ruff for the Sabres and the dude from the Ottawa Senators um, way back when. But uh, it's good It's good to know where your head is as far as these things because I need to know to whom I can turn for expert knowledge uh, when the time comes for expert knowledge. Well, I don't know if I'd uh, categorize myself as an expert just yet, but I'll be your expert to the best of my ability. Oh, does that mean like I'm kind of like you're human? Like uh, is, is that kind of like saying that maybe a little bit? I guess so. We'll, uh, okay. we'll call it that. All right, uh, Mr. Saunders back uh, behind the glass here at News Radio 930 WBEN. Now, uh, it was, look, it was an ugly game. It's only one game, but uh, it was, let's put it this way. If you're concerned that they were going to peak too early, um, <laughs> doesn't seem to be the uh, concern after last night. It was, uh, it was not pleasant, uh, especially those of you whose lives revolve around the Buffalo Bills and Go Bills and Allen Diggs. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, not a good way to uh, to start the week or the season for the Buffalo Bills. But I would like to. Uh, I've, I've got some topics. One topic I've never done this one before. Okay, I'm not going to start out with this, but I've never done it before. And there's a story about Paul Simon in the news. Paul Simon, as in Simon and Garfunkel. I'm sure you might have heard of those guys along the way. Uh, they played in Buffalo back in the 1990s or early 2000s. And one of the nice parts about life was being able to take my mom to see Simon and Garfunkel. I think we sat in the third or fourth row center. And uh, one of the albums I recall from very early on in my life was Simon and Garfunkel's greatest hits. So having a chance to uh, see them perform many of those songs live at uh, the arena with my mom uh, was very, very nice. Did the same thing for Paul McCartney because uh, these are making memories that are irreplaceable. As long as I live, I will always remember mom and the look of great joy on her face watching Simon and Garfunkel. And the same thing with uh, Paul McCartney, quite frankly. Now, uh, oh, and somebody wanted to know, I mentioned this yesterday, but uh, yeah, Friday I had cataract surgery, which is really no big deal. Um, I know people get skeeved out by eye surgery, but I've had so many surgeries to my eyes that it doesn't do anything for me anymore. But uh, I will tell you that the cataract surgery went absolutely flawlessly. Um, everything has seemed to uh, fall into place exactly as it should have fallen into place. And uh, as time moves on, the vision is going to become crisper and crisper. So uh, I'm very happy to uh, have that out of the way. So thank you for your concern. But everything went uh, very, very smoothly. I don't mind telling you. Now, uh, we did a show late last week, and I warned you. I'm sorry. I, I told you, and I guess I warned you too, that I was going to bring it back because it proved to be one of those shows that was what I call an instant classic. 
and I know that that might sound very narcissistic and very egotistical, but I don't mean it that way. What makes something an instant classic is where we, you and I, connect on the air and we talk as human beings and everything just seems to flow naturally and everything is just as it should be, okay? Um, and that is the feeling I had when I did the show on loneliness. And I warned you guys I was going to bring it back because I don't think I'd ever done the topic before. And then I knew that I was having an instant classic late last week when we did the show in the final hour of the program. But, see, I happen to believe that we have in the United States an epidemic of loneliness. And the loneliness, it's not just a question of senior citizens feeling alone because, hey, as you get older, one of the problems is, okay, it's great to have a long life. Longevity, yes, does have its place. However, when everybody to whom you were close is no longer around, when all of those people who made life such a joy have uh, shed their mortal coils, um, it can be very lonely especially for senior citizens. But that loneliness has now extended to pretty much every corner of our demographic hierarchy here in the United States. We have lonely teenagers. We have lonely 20, 30, and 40-somethings. Epidemic, in my opinion, my opinion, but just doing research for the program online, it's not just my opinion. I mean, we've got doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists who are saying America has a loneliness epidemic, and when people are lonely mentally, okay, your physical health can take a pounding as a result of the emotional loneliness that you feel. And I want to take your telephone calls on basically are you alone and what have you found to beat being alone because there are so many people uh, listening to this program who may be calling into the program, I hope, who will tell us stories about being lonely. And it's something that, you know, it, it doesn't often come up in conversation. We hear a lot of talk every few months about Mental Health Awareness Month. It's in the springtime sometime. Mental Health Awareness Month. We need to be more cognizant of people who are having mental health crises and issues. And I happen to believe that one of the biggest unaddressed issues that we have as a society is that of loneliness, being alone or feeling alone. Now, somebody once said uh, about some kind of existentialism that what that means is nobody can take a bath for you. Well, okay, it's a very interesting take on it. But as far as loneliness, it is um, what you think it is. And there is no here, – here's the thing about life, okay? Life is dynamic. Life is always changing. Somebody once said you can never step into the same stream twice because it is always changing. And I'm inclined to agree with that. And just because things are going great for you now – You've got friends by the bucketful. You've got uh, cousins by the dozen. You've got a very, very strong family support uh, system and friend support system. Look, nothing 
lasts forever and everything goes through its ups and downs, its vicissitudes, if you will. And this lonely issue is one that uh, I've, I've heard people talking about it. And I know that I mentioned this last week when we kind of began to address the topic. But uh, I find it so interesting. And when I say interesting, I don't mean that in a positive way. Like, hey, look at that eclipse. That's very interesting. Um, what I mean is it's interesting that in a culture and a society where you can press a couple of buttons, flick a few buttons here and there, you can be in touch with pretty much anybody in the world. You go to social media outlets like X, social media outlets, formerly known as Twitter, social media outlets like uh, Facebook and so on and so forth, and um, we should be at a point in our society where loneliness is as ancient and as unheard of as horse-drawn carriages as a means of transport in Buffalo. Um, and yet we are not because in some weird way, and I'm trying to figure out the mechanism by how this works, but in some weird way, we're in this twilight zone where despite the fact that we have unrivaled, unparalleled abilities to connect with other people online, via cell phones, whatever. We have more people who feel alone, it would seem, than ever before. And feeling alone is not a very healthy place to be. It, it truly is not. Um, I believe that we as human beings are social animals. I think that most people do better when they have a wide variety of uh, very close friends, people upon whom you can call on a December's morning to give you a ride to the drugstore because your car is plowed in and you know they've got one of those big trucks going for them. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, how, how alone are you? How lonely are you? And explain, men and women, and you can actually say, hey, here's how old I am. So I'm trying to figure out the ages at which somebody is most vulnerable to loneliness. Again, the phone number, 803 803- 0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. And uh, Mr. Saunders, before we get too far into the topic, uh, let me ask you, in your life, as somebody who is in his 20-somethings, do you believe that among your cohort of people that loneliness is a much under-talked-about problem that needs to be addressed? Yes, I would agree with that. And do you also find it um, paradoxical and unnerving that in a time where all you have to do is turn on a computer and you can pretty much literally be in touch with anybody anywhere in the world that we have in the United States and other countries, an epidemic of people who are lonely. Is that not sad and ironic? 
It is uh, very much so ironic. And I'm not like a huge social media person. I have it, but I have a a love-hate relationship with social media because people tend to usually post the highlights of their life and that type of thing. And that can make a person who lives a mundane life, I'll say, for lack of a better term, make it seem, you know, bad by comparison. So that's, uh, and I think that plays into it a lot. Well, you, you can never judge yourself based on other people's social media posts. And I'm sorry, but it's kind of a at this point it's almost a cliche that sometimes you go on social media and the happier the couple looks in photographs the sadder they are in real life that the ideal family that you think exists doesn't really exist in fact social media in some respects and i'm going to catch heck for this but in some respects social media reminds me of the old you might be too young to remember this but the old christmas letters the family newsletters that certain people would include in their christmas cards do do you have any idea of what i am referring to when i mention that i do not please enlighten me okay Well, in the old days before social media and everybody put a picture up of their chicken noodle soup that they were eating for dinner that night, um, once a year, some people, not everybody, but maybe 5% of the people would send you a Christmas card. And the Christmas card would not only contain Christmas greetings and possibly Hanukkah greetings. Um, We didn't have a lot of Jewish friends when I was growing up, so I don't know how common this is among those of the Jewish faith. But in the uh, Christian faith, and it has nothing to do with faith, really. It's more of a traditional thing. But the, uh, the holiday greetings. Some people would not only wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, but they would put in a sheet of news of the family. And you never put the bad stuff in there. It was always the good stuff. It was always the highlights, the things you want people to know. And naturally, you did not wash your dirty laundry in public. All right, You did that behind closed doors. And that was the old-time Christmas newsletter that you would receive from certain people. And the current equivalent of that, my opinion, is the electronic social media, not talk radio, but, you know, X and Facebook and things like that. Um, I don't know if you're following along with that, uh, Mr. Saunders, as a young American. Do you understand what I'm trying to get to here? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, um, I happen to believe, and I want to take some phone calls, obviously, after the 3 o'clock uh, news. I, w- I want to know, actually, are you a lonely person? Do you agree with me that loneliness is a major mental health and public health crisis in America. I believe it is. I think there are so many lonely people out there and nobody ever talks about them. And frankly, and this came up on Friday, I think it was when we did the program, but um, I, I happen to believe that a lot of people who are lonely one of the reasons for the success of talk radio, whether it's David Bellavia, whether it is your humble host, or whether it's the weekend people, it doesn't matter. One of the reasons for success of talk radio is we, over the radio, and I always say this, and I said it earlier today, we forge a relationship, host and listener, listener and host, uh, person pushing the buttons uh, at master control, person on the air, okay? Okay. We in the United States, 
have never had more opportunities to be social with each other, and yet I think we probably are the loneliest generation of Americans ever to have set foot on the planet Earth. I really believe that. And I really believe that loneliness is a huge contributing factor to depression, and depression is a huge contributing factor to things you might not even think of, like heart disease, like various health issues. Because, look, if you don't feel well mentally, if you feel all alone in the world mentally, I'm sorry, but that is going to have an effect on your physical health. Why do you think that so many people are tied up in the dating sites like Tinder or Grindr, whatever. I I make this point pretty much every day. If you're homosexual or bisexual, you know what? I really don't care. It does. I love you anyway. I love you no matter what you are, your sexual preference or orientation. I really don't care about. That's my libertarian side coming out. I don't care, truly. Uh, and if you are homosexual or lesbian or bisexual and you want to call in and contribute your two cents worth to the show, you know what? You're more than welcome to do so. And you'll never get any judgment from me on this radio program about the way you happen to be bo- have been born uh, or the experiences that you've had in your life, okay? Judgment-free zone. But when we did this uh, last week, I was blown away by the quality of phone callers that we had who were able to articulate in great detail what it was to be lonely. And I've offered some suggestions to some people about how to get out of that rut of loneliness. And, you know, even during certain events that happened to me early in this summer, um, I was not lonely per se. I was sad, but I wasn't lonely because I always had people to whom I could turn um, for solace and consolation and friendship. And it dawned on me that some people don't have that luxury. Some people don't have that benefit where if something goes sideways in your personal life and you have invested every bit of your time into one person and that one person says, done, see you later, have a great life, that you are basically alone. And that's why I think it is so important that you maintain your friendships with people that you've developed over many, many years, even if you've got what you think is the best relationship that has ever been on this planet, whether it's marriage, whether it's dating, whatever, even if you think that is the case, you need absolutely as a human being to keep up to date with what is going on in your friends' lives and to be there for your friends, even when you are in the nest of happiness that is your relationship, because at some point, your relationship, your marriage may very well end, might be because of a breakup or a divorce, maybe tragically through death. These things happen. And we heard so many poignant stories last week, and I want to continue with those uh, today on WBN. And do you agree that loneliness is a huge issue in America? I think it is a major issue, and that's why when we did the program last time, I said, I'm going to bring back this topic and I want to take more phone calls on it because clearly it hit a nerve with a lot of people. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is Bowerly with you 
not a professional counselor or psychologist or anything like that, but I, I've been around the block a time or two, so I might just say something that helps you. Then again, you might just say something that helps me on News Radio 930 WBEN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.